0: There are certain people you can rely upon in life, and there's the rest. I'm Sebastian Walker. This is our brand new podcast, second, second outing with Battle for 1600, with my permanent partner in the Battle for 1600. He is Boris Epstein, former special assistant to President Trump and member of the advisory board of the Trump 2020 campaign. That's right. For those of you who uh, are watching us, I'm sorry we got some very good music coming in. It's Kral, one of my favorite movies from the 80s. Can't beat it. If you haven't seen Kral, you are missing out. Boris, um, we try and make these... Uh, Podcast, as you know, as, as evergreen as possible. Absolutely. We talk about the permanent issues. We talk about what it's like to work for President Trump, who he is, what are the factors in play in the next 264 days. But we, because you're in studio today, we have to address the breaking news. Um, everything's upside down, topsy turvy. Uh, we have record breaking figures. For the president in New Hampshire, stunning, it. I mean, just historic figures. And we've got the Democrat list. It, it's just turned on its head with Klobuchar, with Biden. We're going to talk about it in a second, but let me get you know, the accuracy. Give us the numbers. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, going, to give you the, just going to give you the numbers for, for the president, because this is a buddy of ours on Salem posted these early today, and he's already got massive, massive retweets. So this is the incumbent president's results from New Hampshire. In 1996, Bill Clinton got 76,000 votes. Bush, uh, younger Bush, uh, 2004, 53,000 mm-hmm. votes. And then even less for Obama, 2012. President Obama got 49,000 votes at the Hampshire um, uh, incumbent president's uh, reporting in 2012. Yesterday, President Trump, the incumbent president, got a hundred and twenty thousand votes that is incredible look at look at these figures boris look at these figures what we're
2: talking about here right is a vote in new hampshire for an
0: incumbent (laughs) president president Right, you would think that, which has been going down of since course. Clinton 76, 50 49. and then we get more than hundred percent increase from Obama to President Trump. What's going on, Boris? You are the political operator. What's going on? A one
2: hundred and forty percent increase, right? And even over Bush, you're uh, talking right. about a one hundred thirty seven percent, right. almost,
0: almost treble, almost and treble, and then
2: Clinton almost double. Yeah. So what you know? You know what that means? What is it? It's actually post? very simple. That it means. That the president's achievements, together with the horrible attempts by the left to unseat this president, to undo the, the selection and the choice of the American people, is motivating Republicans in a way that it has never motivated Look, before. And motivating not just Republicans, because you got to remember, in the New Hampshire primary, anybody could vote for anybody. Right. So that, what that means is that you had Republicans, independents, and Democrats coming out in droves for Donald Trump.
0: So... Uh, I'm not a – we were both politically commissioned officers in the Trump White House. I'm a national security guy. Now I guess I'm a media person with a radio show. You are the political animal par excellence. Let me float something for you, and okay. I want, I want to, you to be the sanity check. Let's do it. I think politics has completely changed in the last four years. Remember when we were told in uh, 2016, fall of 2016 – Donald Trump has no ground game. He has no ground game, right? <laughs> Hillary has the ground game. And then you saw the stadium right. full and full and full. Now, what's happened since then, now we're organized. Brad Pascal is running the campaign. Right. The figures coming out of Brad, Brad is going on record saying the people who come to the stadium, they're over-registering. You've got more than double the amount of people waiting outside. In some cases, up to forty percent of the people registering for a Trump event are Democrats, Or new voters, or or up to forty percent are new voters, and you can't go, you can't even register for an event unless the campaign gets your phone number. This is changing the efficiency of campaigns in ways that I don't even think you know. Obama's targeting targeted data guys ever dreamt possible. And then the last point is there was that fabulous moment. I think it was. Um, I don't remember the name, a female reporter, was standing there in New Hampshire saying uh, Donald Trump has more people in his stadium than all the candidates from the Democrat Party could get together combined. Has politics really changed that much, Boris Epstein? Here's what I'll tell you, and this is usually my
2: response to you here. It's not that politics has changed, it's that it's gone back to its basics. Okay. We have gone back... To the basic age of movements right, in this country, right, right, right,
0: right, right. Dal- so less artificial correct. and d- driven by machinery, correct, and more organic, not micro targeting necessarily, even though
2: that's still used
0: because that was what Obama was so and, proud about, right? And, Bo-
2: and and W. Bush, too. Okay. that's what Karl Rove was known for. He did a great Market- job with it in two thousand four, okay. and it's still important. It's important. All micro targeting—it's a fancy word for saying. Telling people what they care about, right? Uh-huh. So if you live in Nevada, you maybe not, don't want to hear about lobster trade, right? <laughs> you do want to hear about the border and the Yucca Mountain and the nuclear waste. Got it. it that's, that's, it's pretty simple. All of this could be broken down, and that's what it gets back to. It gets back to an age of movements in this country, to inspiration. That's what Ronald Reagan was. That's what Teddy Roosevelt was, Right. an, inspira- an ability to inspire Americans and get them to come out
0: in big numbers because they believe. I love that analysis. I think it it's historically sound it sounds intuitively correct that we're moving to a more organic and that's why you know you look at these events and it's stunning um is that movement phenomena boris being replicated on the left or <laughs> because we see lots of kids yeah, coming no. out for bernie but but we see you know Bernie's the a threat to the left-wing establishment. They don't want to publish the polls. Buttigieg is the, right. is the child for a while. Biden, the establishment figure, doesn't even stay in New Hampshire. The re- Let's talk about the results. So first things first. So let me answer that question. Yeah, the movement. <laughs> the left has had movements. Right. FDR was a movement. Absolutely.
2: People liked Kennedy because he was a Kennedy and charismatic. charismatic but I think if right. JFK ran today, he'd probably be a Republican.
0: Yes. Well, he wouldn't be a Democrat. He wouldn't be led into the Democrat Party. She wouldn't be. Right.
2: Clinton wasn't as much of a movement as it was a result of Ross Perot running in 1992. And celebrity. And pragmatism and celebrity. So it was a combination. Obama was a movement in his own way, but it was a bit manufactured, as you said. There was a lot of that technological
0: push-pull. Right. I love this, this is, stuff, guys. This I love is, this, breaking this stuff down. I it's don't fun, think it's other people time. do this. this no. It's great stuff.
2: And it's good we have time to do it, right? We've yeah. got an hour. It's out, not out, three minutes. Exactly. It's you not could, a soundbite on right. TV. We could talk about whatever we want, and we break it down, and I, and I think people are interested in this, right. because you have to have a historical perspective. Right. And so if you look at what's happening now, and actually a big part of it is thanks to social media, Donald Trump has a direct relationship through Twitter and other social media with his With supporters. his voters. Right. Somebody who works in a plant in Pennsylvania on a farm in Iowa, somebody who's on a shipyard in in Florida, they have a relationship with the president because he tweets and he posts things on other social media. He talks to them, and that creates an organic and true movement that cuts through the BS, the veneer of, of old school media.
0: And not only that, he retweets his supporters. Correct the memes that he likes, like right. the front page of Time. He retweets it. He hits it, right? And that, that that sends a message to his base.
2: And you know, Ronald Reagan did it in his own way because Ronald Reagan had had that movie career. People knew Ronald Reagan, right. and then when Ronald Reagan spoke, he had an authenticity about him. And that's what it really all goes back to. Seth. When I was on the night of the inauguration, January twentieth, twenty seventeen. And you were
0: on the inauguration committee, right? I was the
2: communications director for the inauguration committee, which was a blast. One of the best things I've done You know, after working in the White House and helping the president get elected. The next best thing was helping the inauguration come together. I was on with Sean Hannity, our our mutual
0: friend. The night of the inauguration.
2: The night of the inauguration, literally at the ball. He was at the ball. I remember. He had a mini studio. Exactly. A mini studio that was up on the risers. And he asked me, why did Donald Trump want? And I said, one word. It all boils down to one word. It's authenticity. authenticity. You have to be authentic. And that is why Bernie Sanders is doing well with his base. Because he comes off to them as authentic. Am I buying it necessarily? No. But his followers are. The problem is that socialism is never going to play in this country anytime soon. And it's such a marginalized base. But if you look at everybody in the, the Democrat field, think about last night. Bernie's number one. Booty judge number two, Klobuchar number three, Warren number four, Biden number five. The only one who has a movement behind him, who has the Bernie bros, no one else has anything that that right. no one else has a fun nickname. No. It's Bernie Sanders. And yeah. it's shown to have been long lasting because it was there in sixteen and it's there now. Yeah. But it may be enough to win over the Democratic Party, whatever that heap of scrap is at this point in time. But it won't be enough to win the election because the president's base is so much wider than that. And it stands for what America stands for.
0: I don't want to give the game away. I don't want to predict things. Um, Do we have it right on the Republican side? You're an advisor to the campaign. Because it seems like we have two big legs right now to the stool. We have the events, the rallies, the incredible turnout. And then we have the data crunching. We have what Brad's doing. We've got the registering, we have the building of the database. Is 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 that the two halves of the coin? Uh, do we need something else? What are the next 250 days going to look like? What do we need to add to that? Well, we have a third.
2: So it's the rallies. It's the connection with the voters. Then it's using that to drive it and to functionally support the campaign, both in terms of money, because that's necessary, small dollar donations. And of course, big dollar donations are vital too. And then the third is communication. The third is talking to the American public about what this president has achieved. And I don't think that we have missed a beat on that. I think the president has been very vocal about his achievements. We talk about them all the time. There are those of us who are proud to support the president, like you and me, who talk about Deregulation, cutting taxes, a historic number of judges appointed and confirmed to Supreme Court justices, annihilation of ISIS, annihilation of al-Baghdadi, annihilation of Soleimani, and deals with China, the, the phase one deal with China, USMCA, and it goes on and on and on. Criminal justice reform. I'll tell you this. I spoke to someone at CNN last night. And you know what I said to him? I I said there's one person on your on your, in your whole group tonight, on the whole panel there, panel on panel who made any sense. You know who it was? It was Van Jones.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he had some serious criticism for the Democrats.
2: He said you got the Democrats are a mess. Yeah. Now, but I'm gonna give you a caveat on the general thinking right now. There's a little group thinking. Hold the on.
0: caveat. Hold the caveat because I have one thing to add sure. to the communications yeah. part. Because you're right, I mean every stool should have three legs and the third leg is the communications. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with the number of surrogates. I, th- I thought this was a problem in the White House. I think it still hasn't been fixed. I'd like to see more surrogates, not just like you and me who are, you know, not part of the administration formally, but I'd like to see every cabinet member out there. I'd like to see deputies' assistants. I agree with Because that. the president is incredible. For a while we had Sean, then we had Sarah. Um, now it's it's like the president and a couple of people who are principals. There should be dozens of surrogates for the president.
2: It's the president. Kellyanne does a lot, <laughs> and then it's and then and then, a, and then a lot of folks are. But here's the thing about that. And I went through this on the campaign, and I think it's going to ramp up. And you've had more people, you know, who were in Iowa than others who were in New Hampshire. Good people. You know, the active chief of staff went and others. Well, people went out there. Mark Meadows, some members of Congress. Right. We're in a little bit of a different time now than we were in the 16 campaign. We didn't have Kevin McCarthy as a surrogate, you know? Right. We didn't have because it was a primary, right? So he wasn't allowed to support us. Now we have these really strong. Matt Gates is great on TV. That's you know, Mark true. Meadows is great on TV. Jim jo- Jim Jordan is great on TV. We've got these strong surrogates who are out there talking to their people, but I will tell you, what we could absolutely add is, I would say, not as much appointed or elected officials. I would say it's the people on the ground who could tell their story. You know, my business was dying, and now my business has escalated to a point I never expected it to.
0: We're going to start something. It's funny you mention that. So on our, our radio show where you're a weekly guest on America First... We've got a, a new phone, in number, a text line as well. And we're going to ask people, this is a suggestion from right. one of our listeners. I want you to call in and leave a moist voicemail for how your life has changed and what you're doing to support the president. And I think we're going to get some amazing stories, Boris, that we're going to play on no the show. No doubt about it. And we'll, we'll play them when, when you're on the show. And
2: we'll, we could talk about it. And, and the key is, right, let's look at the Midwest. Let's look at the Southwest. Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, right. very important. Let's look at Florida. Let's look at Ohio. We have to look at these areas. <laughs> New Hampshire, Maine, 2nd District. We have to look at these areas and see what are people saying. And I will tell you, based on those numbers that you read earlier, based on the fact that the president almost tripled yeah. the support for Barack Obama in New Hampshire as an incumbent, right. I, will, I think we're going to hear good things. I think that's good absolutely
0: things. clear. Uh, let, let's talk about how the Democrats did in, in New Hampshire. Um, how significant is the fact that everything's upside down, Biden is fifth, what is what is going on? What what does this mean for the Democrats going forward? I'm going to give you a caveat and a counter to the groupthink that's going on right Please.
2: now in this town. Going on in D.C., going on around the country to a degree. The groupthink is Biden's done, right? Yes. But I think, and that's why people should download Battle for 1600. We're giving them a different perspective. We're not going to sing the same things that are being sung all over, all over TV and everywhere else. Think about it this way judge won Iowa, Bernie won New Hampshire. Okay, now they go to South Carolina. What if Biden does win South Carolina? He's either leading or within a point. Okay, say he wins. Okay, now he's won one of three. Now they each won one. What if he then wins Nevada? And now he's won two. Everybody, and he then can call himself the comeback kid. But you think that's possible? Of course, it's possible. It's. It's it's still more likely than not, sitting here today, that Joe Biden wins South Carolina. Okay, You have to remember the amount of African-American support he has. The yeah, one support, those, Buttigieg. Those vote, vote, Buttigieg is literally, and this is not an exaggeration, he's at zero approval yeah. rating in the African-American community. Right. Zero. That, there's a, that's a stat. <laughs> look, look it up. If Now, the problem for Joe is that he'd be better off if South Carolina were this coming week. Right. The fact that he's got to wait, what, two weeks to go and actually have another vote, that's a problem for him. Right. Because losing begets losing. But you know what? If he wins South Carolina, and then like Bill Clinton in 1992, after he finished second in New Hampshire, can say, I'm the comeback kid. (laughs) Because let's look back to history. In 1992, Tom Harkin wins Iowa. Paul Tsongas wins Massachusetts. Clinton doesn't win either. But he'll finish second in New Hampshire says, I'm the comeback kid.
0: If Biden wins South Carolina, I'll tell you he's back in it. So, Klobuchar's success yesterday is irrelevant. And it sounds like you're counting out the fake minority, uh, Liz Warren. I think I think Warren is done. I think Bernie is Wow. Put, I
2: think Warren is done and will be will dropping out sooner rather than later. Wow. I think Klobuchar is a
0: very interesting candidate. Why? I'm intrigued. Cause be- she, she doesn't seem to have... The charisma that you need nowadays. She's a better Hillary Clinton in some ways. Interesting. Because she doesn't
2: have this imperialistic, I'm better than you nature about her. She's not her. the empress. Right. Right. She is from the Midwest, former prosecutor, and she's trying to pass to say that, hey, I'm the nice one. I can actually get it done. I think that she is not right for this Democratic Party. If they were smart, they wouldn't nominate like, someone like her. The problem, Donald Trump would... When still in a big way right. because of all his achievements. But if you take a Amy Klobuchar against a generic Republican, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, that if you look at that, right, then she's got a good shot in Wisconsin, a good shot in Michigan, good shot in Ohio, Pennsylvania. And you go on, good shot in those suburban counties around uh-huh, Philadelphia. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So those soccer
0: moms are going to like Amy Klobuchar. Guess why? Because she resembles it's one them. of them. Right. You are know? you sad about Andrew Yang, Boris? Who? <laughs> I, did, I, didn't say, I didn't say Deval Patrick. I said Andrew Yen. I, I did the math and it didn't work for him. So I think
2: Klobuchar is not irrelevant. Here's what I think. I think Klobuchar is going to make a difference in this, in this election, in this primary. And then I think she is probably a top two VP pick right now.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah. she's not irrelevant. Um, but I actually think, and I'm going to go out and say that, I think Buttigieg is irrelevant. Wow. OK, you heard it here for us on the battle for 1600 from Boris the Baron edge As the president says, boot, edge, edge is irrelevant. Uh, last last two questions on the um, consequences of the fallout from from uh, the recent uh, caucuses. Um, what would it look like? What would a Biden Trump head to head debate look like? Is that going to be fun? Is that you just sit back and eat popcorn? Remember when Tyson came back after he <laughs> went to, Tyson had all those problems, to uh-huh, jail uh-huh, and he
2: came back uh-huh. and he fought, I think it was McNeely, he fought like a white guy and he knocked him out. Right. In, in the sec- first, seconds. In like seconds. Right. That's what that debate would look like. Joe Biden absolutely could not compete in a debate. He can't compete in a debate. Would he, get, would he be the angry old man or what would he be?
0: What's, I think just he'd stumble. just be a stumble, stumbling.
2: Stu- stumbling, bumbling mess. Because that's what he is. And Donald Trump would come with specifics. He would hit him hard. He'd hit him on everything. If you think Hunter Biden's not getting brought up in the debates, you know, somebody's kidding oh, yes. themselves. Oh, it's yes. all out. And and so Joe Biden, in, probably for his own sanity, should not want to win this nomination.
0: And what people forget is if you go back in time just a year or two, and I believe it at the time he told us, remember, Joe Biden said, I'm not running and I don't want to run. Right. And I talk to my family and I'm right. not gonna run. So this is a man who he doesn't want it. Reluctantly is running. And and you know what? After a certain time, that shows when you don't want to be there. If you if you're not in it's
2: just like anything in the world. If me and you didn't want to be here it would show on this awesome podcast, right. Battle for you could tell listeners could tell. They'd get bored. Right. And that's what people that's what's happening with Joe Biden. And there's been stories written. He's getting snippy, he's angry yes. at his staff. staff. And he's just, he doesn't want to be there. He's not in it. And why would he be in it? He's in his latter 70s. He's done, you know, he's been around a long, he hasn't done a lot, but he's been around. 49 years. He's been around a long time since, you know, since he beat Caleb Boggs. By accident. uh, By accident, (laughs) because there was snow in, in Delaware in November of 1972. He's just somebody who's been around too long. His time has passed, and he knows it. And this primary has been too tough for him, which is Hilarious because he's running against a bunch of marshmallows with the biggest name recognition as a former vice president. Here was this huge mistake, and I've been saying this for a long time. What Biden should not have truly gotten into it until December of this last year. He shouldn't have done the early debates. He he lowered himself right to he, the level he, of right. what, what do they what do they say on Twitter? Never punch down, right? And, and he, he punched did. down he to de Blasio, right? Tim Ryan, and all these other people, and and including. Pete Buttigieg, and he allowed himself to be part of that conversation. Well, do we want Mayor Peter? He's never done anything in his life. Thanks for his service, of course, but it's not truly.
0: And can it be clear about his service? The articles are coming out now. This guy did not go through the regular commissioning. Oh, no. He There's a special unit where you basically get made to be an officer. You don't do OCS. It's a political gig. It's connections. And this guy wow. did a short tour, short tour, never went through the system, got the regular training. It was that kind of tapped. You're an officer. So let, let's be serious. This, this is not, you know, this isn't a Tulsi Gabbard right. who went through the process, did for, for a candidate, a deployed abroad. Is still in the National Guard, so let, let's let's not let's compare apples to apples That's and, and, and be, be, be clear here. And he also talks about it as if he was overseas for three years. I think it was a like six oh, it was, months. It was months. It was less than a year.
2: And, but yeah. nevertheless. I will say it. Right. But I didn't be clear serve. what it is. Thanks for we'll the what service is. he did, right. and thanks for that. Right. But beyond that, he hasn't done anything. Right. He has no credentials to be president. Someone is going to say, right. well, wow, Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the most successful businessman <laughs> for 50 in, years in the history of this country. You know why? Because <laughs> right. there's a lot of billionaires and a lot of famous people on TV. Not a lot of billionaires who have also been so
0: successful on TV and now in politics. Hang on, hang on. And let's not forget. People they always forget this. How many times did he run for president before he became president? Wh- Oh, zero times. Right. So the first time. First time. I mean, even Reagan, even you know, the great names have been in politics sure. again and again of and course. again. Governor. This is a man who had no political office. Didn't run for the him. president, gets elected. So to lo- the, lo- lo- to the
2: last point, Biden allowed himself to be part of
0: the conversation. Yes. Well, who's the moderate? Is it Joe Biden who's a two-term VP right. or Pete Buttigieg? And that hurt him. On, last thing on Biden, and then one last question uh, on Bloomberg. And then we've got to have a special guest uh, join us today on uh, the Battle for 1600. Um how weird is it? I mean, it's so weird that to this day, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm following it right, that his boss, his old boss, Barack Obama, still hasn't endorsed Joe Biden. And instead, his buddy, Deval Patrick, has just stepped out of the race. Well, so now he could, and he still hasn't endorsed Joe. What's going on, Boris? Because
2: President Obama doesn't want to be embarrassed. And the word is that before this run, Obama went to Biden's people and said, Don't, Don't let Joe get embarrassed. And that's exactly what's happening. And Obama, who probably knows the work side, the political side of Joe Biden, as he is now. And what he's not capable better of. Better than anybody. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, in the 80s, Ted Kennedy knew Joe Biden better than anybody. Then Chris Dodd knew him better than anybody. But now Barack Obama, Barack Obama, who you've got to give it to, was a shrewd politician, right? He, yeah. Oh, he yeah. beat beat Hillary Clinton in 08 as, as an unknown, complete unknown, huge upset. And he knew what the problems are with Joe Biden. He's and he's seeing it, and he doesn't. So he want doesn't to be want see, to be associated. Doesn't want to
0: back a loser. To be direct, <laughs> that's why we have Boris as the co-host of this show. Last question with that with that New York lens, that prison that you have. I was on a radio show with my my buddy uh, Jennifer Horn and. uh They call him the lovable liberal uh, Brian Whitman. And there are serious people out there there, um, (laughs) who are liberals who think that Bloomberg really has a shot. Well, I just think you just said it. This is an age of authenticity, charisma, celebrity. And the guy is just I said on the show, and I don't think Brian liked it. He has the charisma of an old flip flop. And you can't buy charisma. You can buy TV ads, but you can't buy charisma bars. Come on. This, this guy's not relevant, is he? There's a
2: word in, in New York, and it's tough to apply it to a guy who's worth 50 B's, 50 <laughs> billion dollars. The word's Jamoke.
0: He's got kind of, he's a.
2: He's a billionaire Jamoke. He's kind of a Jamoke. You can't take him seriously? He's like, yeah, he's five foot, he's five foot nothing. Right. Okay. Right. He's walking around. He's, his, his ads are whiny. You know, yes. it's obvious that he's not authentic. He's trying to be funny on Twitter. He's failing like nobody's business. He's kind of a jamoke, you know. And it could, because here's the deal: when you have as much money as he has, you would have to you would have to be. A, first of all, it was a jamoke move not to run early enough to where he could compete in Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada and South Carolina. Right. And second of all, he's barely registering. Now, I will tell you that spending billions of dollars could result in him being competitive. Here's another option. This thing
0: could go to a brokered convention. It could. There could be a real chaos of the Democratic. convention. There hasn't
2: been a, been one since 1972, McGovern and uh, McCarthy. Uh, Gene McCarthy, get clean for Gene, as they called it. And I think Hubert Humphrey was in on that, too. This smells a little like it, but not as much as people are saying. Because, again, if somebody— so 10% or less brokered? what do you 25% think? or less. Wow, 25% chance. Because it is still so fractured. you got Amy Klobuchar getting about 20%. Right,
0: right, right. right. And
2: then Bloomberg's going to try to make a play convention, but you heard it here.
0: If there's a broker convention, there's a larger chance that Hillary Rodham Clinton is their nominee than Mike Bloomberg. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, On him, and this, I promise, is my last question before we bring our first guest in on our uh, special podcast, The Battle for 1600. Why is he doing it? Is it vanity? Is it to get his name more out there? Is he is he annoyed that he's wasted two hundred million on candidates that he now realizes are in a struggle bus of clowns? What what's Boris's take on Bloomberg's motivation? It's his last shot.
2: Okay. He turned seventy eight this month. He
0: did. Seventy eight he's, he's turning. Seventy eight. Seventy eight years old. Wow. He's little, but he doesn't
2: look 78. Well, that's those little guys, you know, you can't really they tell. They age slow, You know what I mean? Okay, okay. So he's, he's – they age slower, but – and this is all g- very generalities. They age slower, but worse. They sort of sh- – the little guys, they kind of shrivel <laughs> up. Big guys like me and, you know, my grandpa was a big guy. He looked at 88 the way he looked at 65. Nice. You know, because once it started, just kind of everybody looks the same. You know? Right. The big guys. But
0: Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump looks Donald asleep. Trump looks younger than Inauguration Day. Donald Trump's doing the Benjamin Biden. It's button. crazy. He's doing the He's Benjamin He's doing the Benjamin the first yeah. president in history. I know. Guys, if you haven't done this, it's is a fun exercise. Take a, any president you like. Do it with especially George Bush Jr. and do it with Obama. Take a photograph of Inauguration Day and their last day in office. It's stunning. They age 25 years. Or
2: apples to apples. Take it first day in office and three years or later. Or three years,
0: right. And they go gray. They look... 15, 20 years older. I swear our old boss looks. He looks great. Young, don't, just look at it. Just look at the rallies. I saw him. I had
2: the honor of seeing him last week in the Oval. And then I spoke to him after. And I said, Mr. President, you look great. You <laughs> look like you look, And he looks great. He does. The he looks it's great. the jeans. It's the jeans. It's the hard work.
0: It's the dedication. Oh, no and, alcohol. No cigarettes. Right, no, all of that stuff. No, yeah, no that, that
2: goes a long way. But, you know, Bloomberg, 78. To your question, why he's doing it. He's 78. Last shot. It's his last shot. He's toured with it, and, Tr- and Donald Trump did it. Donald Trump is a successful business guy who went and took his party by storm, the, but the difference goes back to exactly what we are talking about, authenticity. Donald Trump authentically took over the Republican Party. <laughs> Bloomberg as a Republican tried to take over the Democratic Party. It ain't going to happen.
0: Right. Fabulous. All right. We've covered all the breaking news. If you want to have more, remember, subscribe to this podcast. Battle for 1600, hit that little bell on YouTube so you get the notifications, tell your friends about it. And if you want more, remember, the show, the radio show is America First of the Salem Radio Network. And if you want exclusive content you can't find anywhere else on the planet, join my subscription service. It's Gorka's Cabinet. Go to sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com, click the Gorkus Cabinet banner, and join today. And don't forget, the Twitter game of my friend here, Boris, is pretty sharp. <laughs> I do my Follow best. Follow him on Boris EP on Twitter. Instagram is Boris underscore Epstein with a, a Y and a T-H. Boris
2: underscore E-P-S-H-T-E-Y and my full last name. And if you type in Boris, I'll pop right up.
0: All right. So and, go and, on Instagram, check it and out. And breakfastwithboris.com for your weekly special briefing. You got it all.
2: Boris EP on Twitter. Right. Boris underscore Epstein, E-P-S-H-T-E-Y-N on Instagram, breakfastwithboris.com. Every Wednesday, you're going to have a briefing in your inbox by 6 a.m. Eastern. It tells you all about what's been going on and what to look forward to going into the next week.
0: And show me some love on Twitter, Seb Gorka on Twitter, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. Eric, throw up that image. Can I say something about that, yeah. by the way? Yeah. And, and I'm not blowing smoke just because we're here. Put get, take the image down. He's going to say something nice about me. Let's get this on camera.
2: One of the most entertaining, witty, fun Twitter you're accounts you're going to follow is Don Sub Junior. <laughs>
0: and Don Sub- Junior, but something very quirky is happening. I'm just going to go on record. Did you lose? I lost yesterday. Did you lose followers? Uh, can, I give, can I just give the numbers? Yeah. So uh, until four months ago, I was averaging thirty thousand additional followers a month, thousand a day. In the last three months, I've been losing three to four thousand. From, from plus 30 to minus four. Guys, Jack. Jack, come on. I'm going to put in a formal complaint and I'm not the only one. Me Something too. squirrely is happening, guys. Last night, I looked at it and they took away
2: 200 of my followers. By the end of the night, they were all back.
0: That's not right.
2: Something's happening. Totally Something's funny. going on. Benny Johnson, who's okay. We'll put, put the, put the image up. We're
0: going to get our Come guest. Come on, Benny. We're going to get Benny Johnson. To get us point Benny. USA. Benny. Hang on. Stay, stay, stay there, and we will get our guest. Don't touch that dial. And we are back. Episode two of the Battle for sixteen hundred with our first special guest. We've decided with Baron Boris and myself. Every week we're going to bring on somebody who we like, who's going to be part of our team for the next three hundred. 265 days. Yeah, thank you, good Lord. <laughs> and the first person at the recommendation of Boris is none other than Benny Johnson. That's, that's
2: real news, right? Tell that me, dude.
0: I know. You You said it. I said we got to get you Benny. You said it. You said it. And I'll, I'll give For one it. more person credit. Can I
2: finish the intro? Sorry. Go ahead. My wife, Lauren Epstein, goes, you know what you got to get? You know who's a total beast on social media? Benny Johnson. Oh, sorry. It's her idea. It's her idea. Look, All the that, good give ideas credit.
0: Give credit where it is due. <laughs> sorry about he, that. He's got him. a great title. Chief? creative officer for one of the four truly important organizations saving this country today you know what they are i talk about them every day on the show the heritage foundation the nra judicial watch and saving the next generation on the high school campuses on the college campuses it's turning point usa follow him on twitter benny johnson welcome to the latest newest podcast
1: in america it's amazing this is awesome this is awesome. The Let's battle for look at, 1600. Look That's at the it. amount of Star Wars, plus patriotism, plus just weaponry. America. I feel so secure. I feel it's so secure. You should. I feel like oh, Sebastian, plus, plus, we're kind you, of big guys. But, yes. In, this is, this is a safe guys. space of a different yeah. guy. There. Are, let me tell the viewers of uh, Sebastian and Boris's viewers when you come into this glorious studio, there are like 500 items that Sebastian <laughs> Gorka could use to kill you. Okay. <laughs> and this, it's
0: one of them. That, my that big fire is one of, them. Is yes. one of my it is trusty a, tools. Swords <laughs> and guns. It is glorious. All right. Well, this is America, and we are ready for anything. And it is a battle. It is a battle to save our republic. In 2016, a little grace-filled window was opened for us by Donald Trump, right. the candidate. He made it possible. As somebody said to me, uh, Seb, we had two wheels over the edge of the cliff. I said, buddy, you're wrong. We had three wheels wheels over the edge no of the cliff, and one man pulled it back, and we've got to make sure that he gets another four years. Benny, for those who don't know mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Uh, introduce yourself a little bit about who Benny Johnson is mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what this incredible organization, Turning Point USA, is.
1: Turning Point USA is engaging in the battle for the soul of the next generation in America. We are the largest conservative youth activism organization in the world. We are the largest, of course, in America, but most importantly for my role— is reaching kids on the platforms that they want to be reached on, uh, using non-establishment, non-traditional media in order to get our message out there as conservatives. Very, very important to play and to speak to kids the way that they want to be spoken to, in the way that they digest information, and in the platforms that they digest it on. So social media platforms, memes, media, viral videos, things like that, Uh, We are hammering. Benny's the coolest 65-year-old I know. And ridiculing (laughs) the left eye. It (laughs) looks good for you. We're having a great time. Uh, We're reaching millions and millions and millions of young people every single month. Let me tell you,
0: I I had the pleasure of addressing your big annual event in Florida Mm. for the second time. Mm -hmm. And it was something else. How many kids did you have there? Yeah, we had over 5,000. So 5,000 in one room. Yes. And they're not there to see, you know, Britney Spears. <laughs> but they're going – they have fun when you come on because they are a little bit of a showman. And, you know, you you're – seeing uh, Britney like, kind of like the Britney Spears. No, no, like, let, me finish, yeah, let me finish. They come on with the Python uh, you know, next time? He, he gets a little yeah. bit exci- – you know, he gets them excited. Sure. But, but then they're still excited when I come on. And they're still excited when Rudy Giuliani – this is like, hang oh. on, 5,000 kids under the age of 22 – and Rudy Giuliani is getting them pumped. Yes. You've, you and you know, Charlie Kirk is the man who created yes. it, and we have to doff our caps to Charlie. But Charlie, his team, and you, you've created something different. Um, tell us what the goal
1: of Turning Point is. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to crack the code of youth engagement in politics, and not just in any politics, but in saving our country politics. We want to s- explain in terms that young people understand, that socialism and communism kills. And that it will kill them, and it will kill everything that they love about this country if they uh, embrace those sick, perverse, and twisted ideologies. Now,
0: now you're a machine guy. I mean, you've been working on campaigns, presidential campaigns. You worked McCain, you worked Romney, you worked on the candidacy candidacy of of, of Mr. Trump. Then you worked in the White House with me for, for President Trump. Why did it take Charlie Kirk for this to happen? Because wasn't this the big missing piece that that the right didn't have that – that youth element, even CPAC. And what Matt Schlapp has done for CPAC is amazing. But CPAC five years ago, if there any, there's anybody under the age of 40 there. It was a shocker. It, it, was, it, was, it was a mini um, Tucker Carlson with a little bow tie, with a blazer and the brass buttons. Not what Turning Point USA has created. So why did it take until then, Boris, for this to, to occur? Because they fixed
2: a broken narrative that had been around, which is young people skew liberal. Okay. Right. That is actually not true. Young people don't skew any one way. It's a huge generalization to say all young people. What it truly is is that a lot of young people actually are now educated younger because of social media. They know what's going on because of social media. They're no longer cordoned off from the rest of the world and they see what's going on, they see what's happening, and they are rebelling against. Mm -hmm. academia in a lot of ways the rebellion gets what their union member teachers are telling them Mm -hmm. and these young Mm -hmm. people are saying you know what i am excited about donald trump i'm excited about the trump movement the maga movement i am excited about america and and we had assumed there had been an assumption i've never did there had been an assumption that you know what just everybody under thirty five, under forty is always going to vote liberal. That's just wrong. Right. And what, what Charlie mm-hmm. Kirk, Turning Point USA, mm-hmm. our friend Benny here are proving is that as long as we engage these folks and speak to them the way they want to be spoken to to your point, mm-hmm. if and then they are going to come out for us. And you know what, who's the best at doing it? Who the man who was in the '70s was in the White House.
0: Yeah, it's stunning. Donald J. <laughs> Trump,
2: who's the most, who
0: saved Twitter. He knows how to meme. He the knows most, how to meme. The yes. most prolific user of social media politically in the history of I, the world. I, I said last week he had. He's got more than 30 64 million followers. I looked at it yesterday. No, it's over one fifty. It's like seventy four million. I mean, but that's crazy. just I, that's just on Twitter. Yeah, if you combine, no, if you combine it, no, Twitter, right.
2: Facebook, and and he's, he'll tell you that every time. So you got to combine. <laughs> if you combine Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, I think he's over one fifty million. But he's able to relate to these people. and You know why? Why? Because Donald Trump knows how to do it. Right. Donald Trump. The left the, doesn't. Donald okay. the brander. Donald Trump. The apprentice. Donald Trump.
0: Knows right. how to lead to every American. couple of questions. The, the, we'll get to one eventually, which is a fun one, why the left can't mean. Ah, yes. But, Benny, what are you guys doing at Turning Point? You just, so talk about some of the concrete things. And then, because I think this is of greatest interest to our listeners, what works the most when it comes to connecting to the, to the, the kids you're trying to connect to? So, so what, what kinds of things, activities, programs... Mm-hmm. And then what what have you found personally really resonates with these audiences? Yeah.
1: So let me pivot here off of what Boris just said, which was just spectacular, a specific point that Boris made, which was spectacular, which is that kids like to rebel. This is the one truism for all young people throughout every generation. They enjoy rebellion. They enjoy rebelling against the things that they've been told and the mantras and the oligarchies that are above them. And uh, realistically, if you look at how a young person exists right now in 2020 – A young person is looking at their public school education, their college education, the people who are above them. They are all leftists. They're all communists. Right. And it is very cool. It is very almost, it is very rebellious in counterculture to be conservative. This is one of and the most ironic things is that
0: now, amazing.
1: Yes. conservatives yes. are the
0: counterculture. Yes. Right? Because yes. right? we were the fuddy duddy. Yes. Right? We were Correct. the establishment. So that's very cool. Yes. Um, what, what is resonating? What kinds of things beyond saying, mm-hmm. okay, social mm-hmm. media? Mm-hmm. But when you go out there, what really works? What When you see results
1: in the mm-hmm. eyes of these kids? Humor. 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 Because it is a mountaintop that the left has utterly sacrificed to us, and and they, they have killed. abandoned. What? They've killed it. They, they have abandoned. They never had it. They have abandoned. They have abandoned late night television. They have abandoned SNL. It's unwatchable. They have abandoned. When, when you all have
0: Seinfeld human. say, "I'm not going to do colleges anymore"? Yes. <laughs> what yes. does that tell you? And you had Larry He's David. afraid. He's afraid.
1: Larry David just recently was asked about that viral uh, clip that the president tweeted. <laughs> How about awesome his hat? was that? And the man with the motorbike. Guy.
0: If you guys haven't seen, you need to check it out with a motorbike guy. And, and episode uh, one of this
1: latest season so Larry David. Un- yeah, They're so funny. They're so unfunny. So if you want to be a comedian these days, imagine how counterculture it is to just be Dave Chappelle, I or to be Ricky Gervais, Chavez. and to to go and to say, my God, to like to, to have a boon in my career, I have to roast the left right. because. We are the only sole owners and proprietors of actual comedy anymore. Yes. And ridicule, I would argue, uh, is a great way to destroy and, your enemy. And, and let's
0: be clear here. Guess what? Guess who said it was one of the most powerful weapons? Well, just read Rules to Radicals. Mm-hmm. Read Saul Alinsky. Saul mm-hmm. Alinsky taught the left mm-hmm. 50
1: years ago, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Ridicule is very right. powerful. Sorry, Boris, go ahead.
2: If you think about, and we do this a lot better here, you know, we talk about the history of this country, right? If you think about, because immigrants know about the history of right, the immigrants, we know, you know, come, no, no selling like a convert. If you look at the history of this country, presidents historically, the last Democrat president I could think of who was funny was probably JFK and his, you know, please everyone tell my wife I'm here so she believes me thing, like that. But that's not <laughs> but a no, joke. he had a the sense liberal, of humor, but that's not a joke today. Oh, no, he, no, he no, wouldn't no. say hello. My name is Jack. I'm Jackie Bouvier's husband. You, a man now wouldn't say You can't say that no. in the Democratic Party. No, 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 you can't no. say that as a liberal. Yeah. We have. You're totally right. Dave Chappelle. I mean, I've been a huge fan of Dave Chappelle for a long time. Chappelle's show, the whole thing. Yeah. Black Bush. All that stuff was hilarious. Yeah. He now is breaking through because he's talking about common sense things. Yeah. Like he talked about Kevin Hart. How yeah. Kevin Hart was perfect except for three tweets. Right. And then I talked about this on the show with you uh, recently, Seb, that skit with Dave Chappelle, Election Night 2016. The Netflix.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, no, no. no, no. no, no. The, the Election Night
2: one. The on on SNL SNL. Skit. SNL. And Boy, Chappelle's no, no. the one black guy. And like Chris Rackham's the light, but Chappelle's the one black guy. And there's all these people that are just like, oh, yeah, Hillary's going to win. He's like, I'm not so sure, guys. <laughs> and then he's always like, I told you this was going to happen. And everybody's you know, drinking their wine and taking their Xanax. Here's a question for you. <laughs> for, for the people who are listening to us, who are hopefully all across the age spectrum, how can they? How can the young folks that you are talking to relating to? How can they get involved?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have conferences, which is a very important thing for young people. One of the tactics of the left, Lindsey tass- tactics, is to make you feel alone, yes, to make you feel isolated, as though the you're triangulation, the only, yep, right? You're the only conservative out there. You're the only kid who believes these things. Are false, untrue lies, all of them, propaganda. And our events are take place across the country. Um, they can range from the hundreds to the thousands, but there is one in your region. I would highly recommend, even if you don't have a Turning Point chapter or a club, although one of those is definitely in your area as well, uh, come to one of our events. Sign and you up. make
0: it very, very
1: feasible because there are it's scholarships minimal, available. minimal yep. amount of money. You write an essay. Yep. You're selected. Many students travel there for free right. uh, based on scholarships for generous donors. Um, and the system that we have worked out uh, for this has just been masterful again it is uh, you know what what charlie kirk and tyler boyer and people at turning point have done is cracked the code of youth activism have you ever seen a young person under the age of 18 who has an instagram following posting about how excited they are to go to a conservative conference how we get that thousands attend? of kids like posting how they were accepted to our conference and they're right. excited and and they I can't wait to come here sebastian speak and to hear boris speak and yeah. to hear the president has the president, spoken president, president, three sometimes. of our conferences this president has spoken at this how year. much is, how is it to go to a conference? Is how much is it? Um, or to a, join a club? Again, it's free to join a club. Oh, is that um, right? Great. Yes, and we have the exact number. I don't know, but it's in the thousands of clubs across the country. The chapter. Um, 1,400 the chapters. Colleges. Yep, yep, across the country, and so there's probably one on your campus. If you'd like to start one, we have a robust field program in every single That's state. Right. We play in every state, and then we have a regional conference or national conferences that you can attend. Uh, as well, and um, and there's uh, the chances of you, things, right? The chances of you meeting your conservative heroes are very high at these conferences. The chances of you running into a Sebastian Gorka, very very high. Get a selfie. Uh, get a selfie, and then the president has been just so generous and wonderful. It's spoken to our conferences and hosted them. Hosted the young black leaders at the White House this That's year. Right. Four hundred, very powerful. Four
0: hundred turning point USA. Very very powerful. Powerful. I had dinner with some of them afterwards. Absolutely incredible! The White House the security details going nuts when you know <laughs> four hundred people want to squeeze into the. the it was a rowdy
1: crowd, man. It was a, it a crowd. rowdy I saw, crowd. I saw, saw the video. You never
0: hear a crowd like
2: this in the White and House. And as you said, you mentioned it, but there's a lot of scholarships available, right, folks? Yes. it's got to be. It's accessible to everybody, yes. right? If somebody yes. wants to get involved, we are here to help them get involved.
1: Yes, okay, right. absolutely.
0: Last big question, maybe Boris is one too, but then we have to wrap it up. We're talking to Benny Johnson, who is chief. Creative officer <laughs> of Turning Point USA, panel. tpusa.org, right? Or is yeah. it Turning Point? What's, what's the yes, URL? Tpusa. tpusa.com. <laughs> uh, tpusa.com. Support this organization if you've got some disposable income. These are the guys who are going to the campuses, into the high schools, pushing back on the insanity of the political correctness. An amazing, amazing organization. Um, my big question is the following. I don't want anybody to be lulled into a false sense of security like – you know, we're, we're the counterculture kids now. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's some really positive signs. I'm not going to say we, we're winning necessarily. Mm-hmm. But the left doesn't have a sense of humor. They don't
1: know how to meme. So things are <laughs> looking good, right, Benny? You're speaking my language. Uh, this week was a, a cautionary tale on how scary it can get. And this okay. week, Nancy Pelosi has yes. a piece of our viral content. Uh, that we made 100% factual video of the president's State of the Union speech with transitions of Pelosi ripping up the speech. Obviously, it's important to show what she ripped up. What are the stories that she was physically tearing? Of her tearing it up. Because what she tore up were stories of young women getting scholarships, men who sacrificed their lives for this country. Women getting employed. Yes, Um, military family uh, reunions. These are the things that she physically tore up. So what happened to that video? We created this video, went viral. This, president is my, this is our it. job. My job is CCO, produce things that go viral. The, we are so lucky to have powerful friends who love our content. The president's family is one of those. Don Jr. Uh, shared it and uh, right. the president of the United States shared it. And then Nancy Pelosi in a totalitarian, oligarchical, just horrific um, uh, 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 screed decided to send all of her lackeys after us. Yeah. And the entire Democratic caucus came after us and demanded that the video had taken but down. Didn't, but didn't
0: she go to Facebook, Facebook and to Twitter? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.
1: She just hey, went hey, after they've us. They've
0: been lecturing us during the impeachment S- trial. That, it's all about the Constitution, isn't it? Trans- 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 the first us. Trans- to, yes, to censor, censor us. Testament. Yes. So what so happened? They Did you on- win?
1: Did you win? Mm-hmm. No, we won. Uh, it is a very special thing to be able to take on the entire media establishment, the entire Democratic caucus, Nancy Pelosi, the most uh, you know one of the most powerful politicians in the country, and to win um, and not only did we win uh, the, vid- the the boomerang effect was that the video was seen now by over 40 million people. The Streisand
0: effect, right? Yes. Don't show that yes. photograph of my house uh, on the internet. Do so everybody it. looks at yes. the photograph of the house on the, the internet. The president <laughs> pinned it on his
1: Twitter feed. All of our, uh, our friends in Congress shared it, so many. It, you can't count them all, but it's so wonderful to see. And guess what? The State of the Union was seen by 37 million yes. people. Our video... Of what Nancy Pelosi did has been seen by over forty million. Oh, now, that's, no. so you're so telling me that, that tearing up has boomeranged the Yes, five more five people times watch already. every camera in the world trained Penny on that. Ben Johnson. Yep, well that's done, how you win friend. culture. That that is that's how we epic. win the culture. I am
0: so impressed, Boris.
2: So I've got a question for you as we get out. First of all, yeah, the, the Nancy Pelosi stunt, which we know now she pre-prepared by tearing <laughs> those little We pictures. have the video. <laughs> can I just can I just add? <laughs> oh, go on.
0: She pre-prepared, we can right. watch the video right now, and I did, I right. broke it down. She did those pre-rips right. in that pre Do you know when she did that in the speech? is important. To when she game, did that. Man. No, no, no. She did that when the president was talking about how the administration is helping children right. fight That's cancer right. and beat AIDS forever. And Nancy thought it was more important to sit there preparing her childish little high school stunt than in, than in pay respect to the president who's talking about children with cancer and beating AIDS. This is this is the real serious point.
2: And that stunt mm. has now boomeranged on her big time, tenfold. Yeah. Big time. It boomeranged her right away because even liberals didn't like it at the time, and now it's boomeranged her because of the video. Here's a question:
0: mm-hmm.
2: We are now about two hundred six two hundred sixty four days away from election day. You guys have done a great job. You've turned people out to become a part of your group, a part of your movement. Mm-hmm. How confident are you, and have you done any polling, as a political guy, I'll ask the question, mm-hmm. about these folks turning out to vote on November 3rd, the kids.
1: 2020, the kids? Mm-hmm. So we haven't done any internal polling ourselves. You're a 501c3, right? we're a so we are not going to be involved in any electioneering or campaigning mm-hmm. ourselves. However, uh, I can speak to one part of what we do, and it is the part that I am the most involved in. Enthusiasm. How excited are young people? How excited are they to show up and support their president and to support conservative ideas and to dunk on socialists and commies? Uh, Very excited. (laughs) When we have our events, it's like Sebastian can tell you. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it that's uh, that's ever happened in the fabric of conservatism because these kids are acting as though they're at a rock concert. We and, have to and, put up. And, we have to put up garrison. We have to put up and then r- uh, railings to keep them from rushing the stage. And then
0: you, you've got four, th- five thousand kids
1: behind yes. barriers. Okay. Yes.
0: And then um, Charlie we- Kirk says, "Let's take a group photograph." <laughs> and Gorka, <Gawker, laughs> you're the loudest one. Get everybody from one side
1: uh-huh. of the auditorium <laughs> to the other so the crane can lift up and take the – it, I've, like I've never been to an event like it. We need cranes to take our photos, and we need th- we need massive, massive stadiums to hold our <laughs> events now, right. and that's the very special. Center, right? Well, I, I, I'm not a member yes. of,
2: a C, uh, of this 501C3, so I'll tell you. <laughs> I hope that every single one of these kids who is for defeating socialism, defeating communism – and for making America great, keeping America great, mm-hmm. I hope they all go to the polls on November 30th. Well, if they're infused, and, they're my infused. God, and what my gut tells me, you can't say this, but I can. The great work you guys have done is making it so much more likely that they're going to do it in droves. Prediction here: seventy-five percent of Turning Point USA members vote for Donald Trump in November. Prediction you That's heard it right here. That's
0: your fourth prediction that today on this podcast. I like it. We're having a good time, Boris. We are having fun, and we are having fun with Benny, <laughs> our first guest. On the Battle for 1600, (laughs) follow him at Benny Johnson on Twitter. He's only got 229,000 followers by the end of the week. Come on, guys. Show him some love. Let's get into a quarter of a million. Seriously, Benny Johnson, he is the chief creative officer of Turning Point USA. And please, it's tpusa.com. Support this organization. What Charlie Kirk is doing, along with Dennis Prager and PragerU, is changing The future
1: of America for the better. Any final message, Benny, for the listeners, for the viewers? Uh, Yes, the left can't meme, and we're having a (laughs) lot of fun. You should join our side. Let's do it. We're We're having far
0: more fun. Let's (laughs) do it. Thank you,
1: guys. It's a wrap.